Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Good morning, church. Good to see everybody. This is your first time here. Welcome. My name's Tim. I'm senior pastor here at the Vineyard. I'm so glad you came out. Hey, let me just give you an update on uh, on the outreach portion. I know so many people have been uh, participating on your own and in groups. And uh, I know there's a sign up in the lobby for teams if you'd like to do that. Um, and also, thank you all. I told someone this week we were having dinner. I said one of the most uh, what satisfying things about being a pastor of a church is when issues and situations arise, you don't have, this is how, this is just such a wonderful thing. You don't have to put it all together. You watch the church immediately engage and immediately start helping people. And I have watched you guys do that on your own. You're like, you just, you started calling people, you started participating you started getting involved, and so I applaud every one of you for doing that and continuing to do that. The work is going to be ahead of us in a huge way. Actually, probably only now are we getting to see exactly how much work is going to have to be done. And so thank you, and thank you for those who give. Let me just give you an update. You've given like $5,060, something like that so far, and um, that has been designated to what we call HOPE. Uh, that's going to be given to... Convoy of Hope, who is feeding people up in North Carolina right now. I've been up there for two weeks, part of that. And then part of it will be kept here to give locally to people in need as we come across them and as we have to finance recovery as well. And so, uh, you know, see Christy or Cameron over here is real involved in that and uh, to, to follow up and get more involved. But I'm proud of you guys uh, hearing the stories and watching all of you engage yourselves, getting involved yourselves. So, uh, so thank you very much. And next week, man, the birthday party, that's like 21 years and they're doing a 90s party. Really? Really? The 90s. Who's doing the 90s? Lean to the left of this side of this building. But 90s party. But we did start in 97. So I've got, that's, that's good. I just, I don't know about dressing for the 90s. How do you... Let's see, for us in the vineyard, it was, you know, a Hawaiian print shirt and, uh, you know, a pair of slaps and some shorts, and that was it. And uh, so anyway, come, we're going to have a great time next week. And uh, let me ask you guys something. Do you know what this is? Say it. A snorkel. They've gotten a lot fancier uh, than they used to be. I remember using a straw. When you're behind our house, you just turn upside down and you took a straw and you kind of did this, you know. It didn't work upside down. Like You could only see that deep up, up to the surface. But uh, this is a snorkel. Uh, my dad's here this morning again. And, and uh, yep. <laughs> World War II vet, wonderful, wonderful man. He used to take us to uh, a place called Silver Springs, Florida. And uh, I've always been a water baby, and uh, Dad would take us down there when I was really young. And they had, they had this giant lake that was so clear, and they had these glass-bottom boats, you know, where you could look and see down. Well, they had a swimming area that was roped off. And I don't know if I was 10 years old, maybe something like that, 12. And so Dad would let us swim. Well, I would take a deep breath and go, 
outside the boundaries and go down and look. And then dad bought us one of these. And it opened up my whole world. <laughs> because then, <laughs> and I could find like the old wrecks that they were down in there and I could go down and this is where Tarzan was filmed and all this stuff. So I could like go down and look and it, it opened up a whole other world because I didn't have to spend all my energy just looking and looking. Well, Bob Goff uses in his book, Love Does, uses a snorkel in this week's part of it. If you are not participating in a small group, you should find a small group, sign up, get involved in it. But he uses a snorkel as an example of how we have to breathe in the love of God in order to be able to breathe out the love of God to others. And you know, holding your breath for long periods of time depletes your energy and, and there's a lot of metaphor and a lot of uh, you know comparison in the snorkel and in breathing in the love of God and so uh, you know you can only swim as deep and as far as you have breath for and so we're going to take a look at what Bob calls audacious love the love of God this morning and breathing in the love of God so that we can breathe out the love of God because love does so let's pray, and we'll be over in 1 John, the fourth chapter this morning. Father, thank you so much for your love. Thank you that you made a way in Christ for us to know you. Jesus, we thank you that in our most profound moments of need, that is when you are so, so available to us to make yourself known. And I pray this morning, Lord, that those in need in the church here and in our community would experience your love and your great concern during this period of time. And this morning, Lord, I believe there are people here who have not, they have not breathed deeply of your love in a long time. And so, Holy Spirit, I ask for you to come, fill this room with your presence, bring life to your word this morning as we read from 1 John 4. Bring it alive to us and help us to breathe deeply, Lord, to experience your love in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's put it up on the screens, and we'll, this is not super long, so we'll, we'll read this together, okay? You ready? Here we go. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another... God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Lord, bless the reading of your word. You've got to fill in on the back side of your handout. Three things I just want to point out this morning from this passage of scripture. And the first one is this. Notice in dear friends, let us love. Uh, some translations, it says, dearly beloved and it's a very affectionate term. He says it twice in this passage of scripture. He's appealing to his friends, to the church there to please do this. You're my dear friends. And, and he's 
like it's like a pastor and he's just trying to get them to do this to breathe deeply of the love of God and so he says let us love one another the first one I want you to feel in is we give we give let us love that is a doing that is love does that is an action for love comes from God but here's the thing you know all of us run out of air after a while don't we I mean, you do. You, you do everything you can. You, some of you guys have loved and loved and loved someone and tried to do all you could for them. And you're just, you're just out of breath. You're out of breath. You're like, I don't, I don't you know, I feel like I'm, I'm gasping now. I don't know that I can stay under much longer. I'm going down. But yet God calls us to love. But... That's because when we are our own source in the giving, we find out that our resources are very limited. We run to the end of ourselves. It doesn't take too, too long to get to the end of ourselves and go, I think, I've done, I think I've done just about all I can do. I think I've loved just about all I can love. And then you feel guilty because you're like, but I should love. I'm like, I, I don't know what's wrong with me, right? Because I'm now I'm not loving. I'm not lo- where does well we can't give if we haven't received. And the reason that this is being called audacious love is because the love of God is different than any love you have ever experienced. And I know that sounds cliche and maybe somewhat trite because we say it all the time, but if you have ever experienced the love of God in your life. If you've ever experienced not just the forgiveness, which is enough. I told someone years ago, I said, look, if it ended right at God said, I forgive you, Tim. I'm good. I am good. That's great. But it doesn't end there. It's just the beginning there. Now God begins to pour in his love into our lives in such a way that we can live life And we can do life and we can love in life different than we've ever loved before. Because the breathing breathing of that air, breathing of that love is a whole different, it's a different love than we have in every other way. And this John is trying to get us to see this. You know, beloved, I, I learned this scripture like this. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone that loves is born of God and loveth God. You ever sing that song, some of you, long time ago to memorize that? Yeah, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone that loves is born of God. Yeah. But hey, you know, as silly as it is, look, I remember it. 35 years later, you know. And uh, it's a pretty peppy little song. And so, you know, you just sink it down inside of you. And then in those moments of time, you know, when you feel like you're running out, you breathe deeply. You get a taste. You get, you fill yourself with the love of God. We have to receive before we can breathe. We have to receive the love of God in a deep way before we can actually breathe it out to others. And it it transcends so many things in our lives. Look, uh, Ephesians 3.14. Uh, let's put this up on the screen. I want you to notice something. Here's, here's breathing in, okay? For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven, that includes all of us, right? Every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. 
And I pray that you, being rooted and established in what? Love may have power together with all, with the Lord's, all the Lord's holy people to grasp, to grasp. Here it comes. Here's the breath. How wide? Right? How long? How high? And how deep is the love of Christ? And to know that love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. You catch a little bit. And look at, look at this. I, I love this. He says, the love of Christ. And to know that love that surpasses knowledge. Isn't that kind of a contradiction? I want to know that which surpasses knowledge. That's how audacious this love is. That's how incredibly deep and that's how incredibly wide and, and deep and high that the love of Christ goes. And so one of the ways we receive so that we can give back is in those moments of times when we're running out of breath. And we feel like love can't do much more. We take a deep breath of just how wide, how deep, how long and how high the love of God is. Some of the things I do that helps me is I, I go back to day one. Maybe today is going to be your day one. I go back to square one when Jesus found me. And I don't think I found him. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I don't think I found him. I think he found me. I think he's looking for you. I think he's looking for you a lot more than you're looking for him. And so that's why he's there all of a sudden. You know, you turn around and he's right there at you. I go back to square one and I, and I remember that awesome moment of realization that Jesus was who he said he was. And all of a sudden this deep gulp of air just floods my life. And I look at the cross and I look at my life and I feel the sense of God's love, of his pleasure, of his forgiveness, and also of his hope for the future for me. Breathe, church. Breathe in so you can give out. Because about the time you run out of your own resources, you have got to take a deep breath of air somewhere. You've got to run to a resource where the air doesn't run out ever. And it's always fresh and it's always available. So we give. That's a part of this scripture is, dear friends, let us love. Bob Goff says, and if our hearts are open to being loved by God, then they are free to let love flow to our neighbors. It is very difficult to be a crotchety person, an unloving person, if you have truly experienced the love of God. I mean, deep and profoundly in your life. Because you are reminded of how much God has worked in your own life. How much he has forgiven. How much he has spoken to you and cared for you. And that he's there now. And so it just kind of sands the rough edges off of us. When we get a little, a little hard to live with. That I know nobody in this room gets like. Uh, don't talk to my wife. And um, you know there's edges that get a little, little sharp at times. Breathe deeply. Breathe deeply of the love of God. That's where we have something to give. Breathe. Secondly, your second fill-in is this, is we live. We give, we live. We live. 
He sent his one and only son into the world that we might what? Live through him. Live through him. And then he goes on and says, God lives in us. We breathe in God and then he lives in us and through us. We are meant to live life. When I was uh, yesterday morning when I was kind of looking through my notes and, and praying over them and thinking about things. I was reminded of Jesus. I, I mean, I came up in a time when there were gurus and there were, you know, people that you'd go meditate with and you'd go off to a mountain somewhere. And those kind of was very popular. And I thought, man, Jesus was anything but that. Have you noticed that? Jesus lived his life. He had a short life on the earth, but he lived it fully while he was here. Jesus didn't climb up to a mountain and sit on the top of the mountain and wait for people to come to him. He didn't. He went straight down. Emmanuel, right? Straight down to mankind. And he lived among us. Not only did he live among us, he moved. He went to places other people would not go. He went to people that other people would not go. He broke many rules in order to show the earth that he loved the earth and that he had come for every single person. Jesus lived his life. And now John comes along and says, Hey, church, you're supposed to live. Live for him. Let God live through you. What did some of the things Jesus did? I mean, he went out, didn't he? He went out and he walked among the people. He went down. He went through cities that were not kosher, literally, to go through. He would go through them. He sat and he talked to people that was it was not popular, nor was it proper in many ways to talk to. He was busy about the Father's business. And what was the Father's business? Being with people. There's a life to live. It's not come to Jesus and make a decision and we go back to our lives again. No, it's come to Jesus, breathe the deep air and the love of God and let's go. Let's go and live life the way it was intended to be lived. Fully breathing in the love of God constantly and being out there. It's the reason Jesus said, follow me. He didn't say, let's sit down and stay here. Right? Jesus said, let's go. Let's go. Let's go to our neighbors. Let's go out into our communities. Let's go to our schools. Let's go to our friends. Let's go. We have a life to live. And the love of God is what Fills us, energizes us, and compels us. When we get lethargic spiritually, when we get kind of drab and we're, we're dragging, we need a deep breath again. We need the snorkel, you know, because we're like, you know, we're trying to swim. Uh, you know oxygen fuels your muscles, right? Those of you that, that do any, you know, you, you're involved in any sports or anything, you know you have to have O2 to get... You know, I mean, I, I, my, my son, my oldest son is getting ready to run a, a 50K mountain run. And uh, so I called him yesterday and I said, Jason, how are you, how do you breathe? How are you preparing? That's like 30 miles or more, you know. And uh, he said, when you hit this spot, runners call it the wall, you know, when you hit a spot. And he says, I start thinking of good things. I said, good thing. He said, yeah, I start seeing my kids laugh. I see it in my mind. I start seeing my family. I start thinking of 
the good things that God has done. He said, I get my mind off of, you know, and I start thinking of the good things and it opens up my breathing. What does Philippians, what does it tell us about thinking on the good things, right? We think about the good things. That's a deep breath that gives us the fuel to be able to run. I, I, I ran a lot in my earlier days, but I didn't run, you know, marathon runners. Yeah, you guys are like somewhere out there. And uh, I think my son's crazy, actually. And I told him, please keep uh, the emergency dial on your phone while you're running. But I used to run like maybe most 10 miles, something like that at a time. And uh, my friend... My friend happened to be home, and he was a marathon runner. So he calls me up, and he says, hey, let's go for a run. Let's get caught up. So I live about two miles outside of Conway. He lived over on the other side of Conway. So I thought, man, I'm used to running five to ten miles. I'll just run over and meet him, and we'll run, right? So, you know, I'm, I run over. I'm, we meet at, like, this hamburger joint. Not we didn't eat, but we met in the parking lot at the hamburger joint, and he comes alongside you know, I've already ran maybe four miles, and so he runs up by me, and we take off. And I'm thinking, well, we'll run down Conway around. <laughs> we run through Conway, over the bridge, out of Conway, all the way down outside of Conway, to Highway 90. We run back around, you, you know, and I've got way too much pride. You don't know, but i got a very competitive spirit. And uh, so I'm like... I'm running with him, and inside, I'm, I am sucking air. Ever heard that? Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I don't have the snorkel. I can't get the air, you know. And, but I'm not letting him know, and he's carrying on a conversation. <laughs> he's like, well, how are the kids? You know, and I'm like, they're doing great. And, uh, and he's keeping this pace up. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm praying. I'm praying, God, please let him turn around and head back home. Please. And finally, he turns, and he heads back, and, and you know, he... He gives me a hug and I run home. And this, this is no lie. Lather came out from underneath my arms. I looked like a horse. I mean, I got to the last mile where I usually cooled down and I walked my way home. And there were, I looked like there was an infestation of mold. Like mushrooms growing. It was like all this lather. I looked down and I thought, what does this mean? You know, am I, I'm, I'm, I'm in trouble medically. Oh my gosh. I'm about to fall out, you know, and just, here's the thing. He was breathing fine. It didn't, it didn't bother my friend, you know, because he, he had conditioned himself to breathe, to breathe well, to know how to breathe, when to breathe, how much to take in and breathing in that capacity and breathing in that rich amount of God's love will help carry you the distance, but you have to keep going back to it again and again and again. And it is meant for us to run, to live life, not just to sit back and enjoy it, but come, follow me. Here we go. I'm getting a little winded, Jesus. Take a deep breath of God's love. See him on the cross. See where he's brought you. Remember what he's done. Remember the promises that he has given you for your life and for the future. Remember he'll never leave you or forsake you. Remember that. Remember that when you were at your worst and so distant from God, he came and he died for you. Deep breath. Remember and take a deep breath. That is how we live. That's how we run. That's how we stay in the race and we keep going. We have to have the love of God. Oh, we get, 
we just, some of you are just naturally nice people, but you know you come to the end of your niceness, right? At times. Yeah. You do. We all do. Some a little shorter than others. And then, but you know, if, if we have this reservoir and we can drink deeply of the love of God, how wide, how deep, how long the love of God is for us. It softens our heart. It fills our lungs with the love of God. And we can take another step. We can run another day. We can make another, uh, we can make another friendship. We can extend that hand one more time. We can do something kind to someone again. Um, hey, I want to tell you one way you can... I'm going to walk off the camera now so you will not see me. Um, <laughs> next Sunday we're doing baptisms. Right? You want to take a deep breath of God? If you haven't been baptized and you want to take a deep breath, you can bring your snorkel if you want to. And uh, <laughs> you come down into the waters. <laughs> and you take a deep breath of God as God washes over you, reminds you that your old life is buried in Him. And that you've been washed and made anew. And you'll get the breath of a lifetime. If you have not been baptized. You need to come see me. We got, I think there's eight people so far being baptized next Sunday. So I'd like to see 15 more. And yeah. So how about. This is a deep breath. It doesn't get much deeper than this breath. Of realization. We know what else is going to happen. We're going to take communion. We're going to have baptisms, celebrate our birthday. We're going to celebrate communion. That's another deep breath of God's love as we take communion together. Right before we eat, we're going to celebrate his body, his death, what he did for us on the cross. And that's going to be a deep breath of God. The love of God. You get in this church. You see this? Breathe deeply. In Acts 17, 28, Paul, he was quoting a Cretan uh, philosopher at the time as he was trying to reach uh, these philosophers on Mars Hill. And, and so he quotes one of their own philosophers. And he says this about God, really, though. He says, for in him we live and move and have our being. In him. I can't move. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't, I just can't do this anymore. God, breathe. Breathe in the love of God deeply. Think of the cross. Think of the resurrection. Think of the love of God in your life. Forgiveness, promise, hope, uh, what he has for you, where you're headed with him, that you're not just left in the front of the church, but he says, okay, let's go. You're not just left in the waters, but Get up out of the waters and let's go. There is a life to live for him. And through drinking deeply of the love of God, that is how we have the strength and the mercy and the, the giftedness and all to be able to do this life and do it well. We're meant to live life. Live life. You know, the first time I... Uh, Speaking of snorkels, the first time I went to Puerto Rico, a friend of mine was with me, and we went snorkeling off this reef, and he put the snorkel on upside down. <laughs> yeah, didn't work, you know? We can't draw that energy from ourselves. We just can't. 
You can't, you have to have a source. You have to have a source, a deep, rich source that never runs out, ever. The love of God. And love does, love is an activity. And and for us to love, we need the energy and we need a source for that. To run this race and to do life as God has called us to. So we give, we live, and your last one is... We love. I know these are simple, right? You're probably thinking to yourself, this man has a firm grasp on the obvious. <laughs> and, uh, but, but hey, it's pretty clear, right? In 1 John. I mean, it's, it's the love of God. It's the love of God. And he goes, we ought to love. Now, ought is a word I grew up with. You ought to. You ought to do that, you know? You ought to. You ought to do it. John is going, you ought to love. You, you ought to. You ought to do it. And, uh, you know, when we don't, it's like holding your breath. And like I said at the beginning, some of you are red-faced. You've been holding your breath for so long. So long. That's why we get mad at people. We get red in the face. We're holding our breath. We're not exhaling and we're not inhaling the love of God. You just get angry, and it's just like holding your breath underwater. There is no exchange of life. There's no breathe, breathe. You know, before I, you know, preaching is a scary thing. I mean, I love doing it, but I always freak out every Sunday. And uh, I have a little ritual I go through. Now you're going to think I'm weird, but uh, you know, it comes from the surfing days when I used to surf competitively. I tighten my watch up. I look at it. I tighten it down. I do a little thing like this, you know. But then I breathe. I'd go and let it out real slow so I can lower my heart rate and get myself a little bit settled down. When we don't breathe deeply of the love of God regularly, it's just like holding our breath underwater and we're running out of it. And no wonder we thrash about. No wonder we reach out and we have problems with people and we have problems and we act out and all kind of things because we don't breathe in deeply the love of God. It's an audacious love. This is not just a simple love song. This is a fantastic, amazing, cosmic story of God the Creator's great love for His creation, that He would come and become a part of humanity and still be God and live life here with those creatures He created and then go to a cross and die for them and then come out of the grave in three days and say, here's life for you, come on, follow me. And then put His presence, His very presence, the Holy Spirit, as we Breathe deeply of him. He places his spirit deep within our souls. That changes us. Energizes us. Allows us to follow him. To live for him. And to love as he loved. The love the church is called. To love with. Is different than any love. It transcends. People. Types of people. Whatever. It's so powerful and audacious. It is actually off putting to some people. This love is so grand and so amazing. That's the love we need to breathe constantly of in this day and time. If love is to do and to act in our lives. Romans 5.5 5 
says, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been what? Poured out. Poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. This is not your own efforts, right? It's through the Holy Spirit. You put yourself at Christ's disposal and you breathe in that great love who has been given to us. How many of you are out of breath today? You're like, <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm out of breath. I am. I, I just want to come up for air. <laughs> I just wish the ways we quit. I'd get a, get a break in the sets, you know, as they're coming. I can just get up and get a few breaths. I, I think I'll be okay. God is here this morning to bring his audacious love to your heart. Maybe you're here and you've never breathed that love. You've never tasted the love of God that's in Christ. This is a wonderful time to do it. Now, I want to do two things here. One, I want to pray for those of you who maybe you've never made that step. You've never, uh, let's say, taken a deep drink of God's love in Christ. I mean, you're a good person. You do what you know to do is right. You treat people right, but you just get worn out after a while. And you've never really, you've never really taken a drink from God's great love. Then I want to pray for you this morning as you come. Like I said, Jesus is here. He knew you would be here this morning. He knew that. Who do you think got you here? Who moved you here? He's here this morning to introduce himself to you. To give you the resource of his own life. Of the Holy Spirit. To help you love and love in a new way. So Father, right now I pray if there's anyone in here who has not come to you intentionally and said, I surrender Jesus, I want to surrender my life. And I want to drink deeply of your love this morning. Then, Lord, I pray you move now on their hearts. And that they would say yes. And, and while we're praying, would you lift your hand and say, that's me, Tim, this morning. I want to drink deeply of God's love, of forgiveness, of reconciliation, of new life with God and Jesus. Just, yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, right now, and with your Holy Spirit, would you grant us your presence in a very special way to all of those who raise their hand? Would you come, Lord, and make yourself known? Let the fresh wind of your presence, of your Spirit, wash over their lives and wash away, God, all of the hurt, all of the pain, unforgiveness, fear, Lord, and also weariness, God. The weariness that life brings. Would you just breathe across their life? Bring life, God. Now, just say yes to Christ. Yes. Get up from, like the Bible says, their nets and follow him. Get up from where you are and let's begin to follow Jesus. Let's go together. And secondly, while we're still praying, how many of you are just like, I've been under too long? <laughs> I've been under too long. I know what it tastes. I know what it's like to, to taste the, the wonderful love of God and to breathe the love of God. But it, I need a deep breath from God this morning. I mean, you're a Christian, but it's just getting tiring. Would you raise your hand too, please? Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. That's all right. Yeah. Hey. Come, Lord. I mean, you know these letters were written to Christians, right? 
you know, all of this that's written here was written to us, church people. So this is for us, for us too. So Lord, why don't we just, uh, maybe you, we could just chill a little bit, kind of like what I do before I come up. And the Holy Spirit, you're the power that makes this love alive to us. That's what your scripture says. And we want to take a deep breath. And fill our lives, Lord, with your presence and your love now, Lord. Come, Lord. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts. Thank you.